madness to consider oneself a righteous person sermon on the day of commemoration of saint princess olga equal to the apostles by archpriest sergey baranov today the holy church celebrates the day of saint olga a great russian princess and an equal to the apostles who brought orthodoxy to rus her grandson baptized rus but the inspiration came from her she was the first who accepted Christ in her heart, and Christ became a part of her life. She had been a pagan and belonged to everything related to paganism. Paganism shapes its special mindset and spirit and makes people think, feel, and act in its way. Before being baptized, the great Russian princess Olga had been a pagan not only in name, but also in her mindset and actions. However, there might have been an unrevealed seed in her, which sprang and gave its fruits through Christ. And suddenly, at a certain moment, this former pagan began to change drastically. It is not by chance that we read today the Holy Gospel about the repentant harlot. The first one was a Sunday Gospel, the second was dedicated to the Holy Martyrs, and finally, on this very day, the Holy Fathers prescribed us to read the Gospel about the repentant harlot. The Lord tells us in the latter, the more sins one has, the deeper his or her repentance is. The harlot comes, wipes the Lord's feet with her hair, and anoints them with fragrant oil causing confusion in the Pharisee's mind. He feels embarrassed and lets the following tempting thoughts come into his mind. How doesn't the Lord see what kind of woman she is? Doesn't he see who is touching him? This woman is a harlot, and we all know that. The Lord interrupts his thoughts and says, Simon, you consider yourself a righteous man. Well, you are a righteous man, but you see, I entered your house and it hasn't even occurred to you to wash my feet according to the Eastern tradition, or show some simple respect. This is all because your righteousness has darkened your mind. Meanwhile, this sinner came and is washing my feet with her tears, wiping them with her hair, and anointing them with fragrant oil. For she had enough to cry over and realized the price of her forgiveness. As a matter of fact, those people who consider themselves righteous are insane. Just remember your confessions 
the first, the second, the third one. So if you still take yourself for a righteous person, isn't this madness? I confess, and you confess. What do we say during a confession? Sometimes it happens we do not say anything as we do not have the heart to say something, and we make no haste to confess and we delay our confession because we feel shame even for pronouncing our sins. We feel shame for our deeds, but what if we appeal to a more subtle sphere of our thoughts? What is happening there? As far as our bodies are concerned, we are more or less able to find strength and hold back our sins. But what is going on in our minds? What filth and shame is there? After all that, it would be insane to consider ourselves righteous, and this poor woman, who was caught in a fornication, a sinner. Do you remember I once asked you, Will there be any difference if they pour a barrel or two barrels of excrement on a person? He or she will be covered with excrement all the same, no matter if it's three or four barrels. Quantity does not matter, as there will be an unbearable smell and filth anyway. However, some people compare themselves with others. I have this much. You have that much of it. Considering these categories, it does not make any difference. You are all the same, every inch, from top to toe, in feces. And today, on the day of St. Olga, we read this very Gospel. St. Olga changes dramatically. The Holy Fathers have the following saying, saintly, but not experienced. These words of the Holy Fathers concern those people who were born in favorable circumstances, to a Christian family, to pious parents, and who are good-tempered since childhood, as good habits were cultivated in them from the very beginning of their lives. Such people are saintly but inexperienced due to having no experience in war. They have not fought with themselves with their own nothingness, filth and sins. They did not take part in this war, which is why they have no experience in the skills of war, and appear to be saintly, but inexperienced. The Holy Fathers also say, venerate this one and look up to him, but do not listen to his advice, as he does not know all those subtle issues of war and being simple and naive like a child with a pure soul, he might not understand you, who is a sinner, when you ask for advice relating to a specific case of your war with a sin. Go and find the saint who got out of the barrel of excrement, overcame all of this, cleansed himself, and shone forth. Such a saint will surely be experienced in the skills of war. Anyway, in order to change as Saint Olga did, our desire alone is not enough. Every one of us has a desire but does not have an opportunity. Every one of us has a desire but does not know how to apply it. That is why people come and say, I want to, but I cannot. I need some strength. Could you please advise me somehow? 
When the Lord talks about holiness, He says it begins and originates from the inside. Good and evil thoughts come from our heart. So in order to have only good thoughts, we should work with our heart. The Lord compares those who pay close attention to an outer feet or an outer asceticism to the Pharisees whom He likens to whitewashed tombs. He says, they appear pious outwardly, obedient to the law and keeping themselves from sin, whitewashed outwardly, but full of foul smell and decay from the inside. That is why, when you respond to the Lord's words, do you want to become my disciple? You must pay all of your attention to your inside. Purification starts there. Unless you cleanse the inside of the cup, the outside is worthless. When we begin to realize this and try to act, we come to a dead end. How should we catch our thoughts, which run towards sin, and our light is air slipping through our fingers? We grab a thought, but it slips away and runs to a sin. We want to, but we cannot. We simply do not have the strength. Those people who do not have the strength find salvation through repentance. They cry and cry and cry and cry, and the Lord saves them through their cry. However, there has always been a part of Christians who did not want to just simply cry, but desired to do something real for God, and they began to seek the means to do so. All saints sought out the means to accomplish this. As long as a sin starts in the mind part of our soul, they sought the remedy for controlling their minds. The remedy for the submission of our sinful minds is the submission and alignment of it with virtue. All sins begin with a subtle and untraceable thought, or what seems to be untraceable. Nevertheless, the Holy Fathers proved by their lives it can be traced and caught. There is their vast experience and art, including not only the fight against your own body, but also the fight with a thought, a sinful thought, before anything else. Those who start this fight fall and rise, and fall and rise again, and find the means in the end. Sometimes people ask me, why do you dare to practice the Jesus prayer? To which I answer them very simply and without boasting, I just haven't found any other means to catch my thoughts. I tried, I cried, I contradicted. I was angry at my thoughts, but I could not catch them. They lived their own life inside of me and sinned and sinned and sinned, those thoughts of mine, unless in the mystery of the Jesus prayer I realized I needed to stop my mind in my heart. The thoughts stop at this moment. They will not simply stop in your heart. 
You will need to meet Christ there, grab him and hold on, saying, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus is such purity, light and holiness, to whom nothing foul-smelling and sinful can approach or touch. That is why there is only one means, run to Christ, grab his feet, do not let him go, and be by his side. Christ is here, and your thoughts should be here too. A sin is tempting you, and you run inside, into your heart, the place where Christ dwells. Grab his feet and never let him go. Close your eyes and never leave him. The thoughts hover about and roar like lions, as the Holy Scripture says, but they cannot approach you, because they are afraid of Christ. They are not afraid of you, no matter how brave you are. This is just a naive silliness. They are afraid only of Christ. No matter how you believe in yourself and mobilize yourself, you cannot do anything. You can only run to Christ, grab His feet, close your eyes and be near Him, at His feet. Thoughts will go back and forth, roar scarily and get angry, but not being able to approach, they will leave. There is no other means. When the Lord gives this ability to a person, the person takes over the responsibility together with it. As long as people did not have the means, they found salvation only through their cry. But when the Lord gives this means, He also lays responsibility on them. In the Holy Gospel, the Lord tells His disciples, You did not understand anything like those who are outside, but now it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. However, you will take over the responsibility of using your knowledge. One may find salvation only through cry, but I do not want to. I want more. I want to hold Christ by His feet.